Take your Bibles today. Uh, turn to a familiar uh, text, uh, Revelation, not Revelations, but Revelation. It's one Revelation. Uh, it's John writing. He's on the Isle of Patmos in uh, Revelation uh, chapter 21. Uh, and we are going to look at seven verses of Scripture uh, out of the 21st chapter of Revelation, uh, those uh, seven verses together uh, in just uh, a moment. And I want to put a tag on this text today. Uh, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. You know, there's a story told, and I, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but there was this uh, uh, retiree's uh, uh, kind of the the grandfather and the, and the grandmother, the dad and the mom, and, and uh, the dad phones home to his daughter, and he said, look, uh, me and your mom, uh, we've been together for 52 long years. Been long years. He said, been long years. And he said, uh, I've had enough of marriage, and uh, we're getting ready to get a divorce. He said, we're going to get a divorce. And so his daughter yells and says, are you crazy, dad? What are you saying? I mean, we're not going to let you do that. And the father continues, he says, look, we've had enough. She gets on my nerves, and, uh, and uh, I get on her nerves, and uh, we just kind of had enough. We're getting tired of the same old routine, and we're looking at each other every day, so I don't want to talk about it anymore. You need to call your brother. Uh, her brother uh, lived in Detroit. Let him know what's happening. And the father hangs up with his daughter. Well, uh, the panic-stricken daughter calls her brother and drops the bomb about mom and dad, and he says, no way. No way is that happening to our parents. We, we've got to stop it. So, uh, so he uh, gets on the phone uh, with his dad and, and says, look, uh, you guys are not getting a divorce. He says, look, that's crazy. He said, no way we're going to let this happen, mom and dad. We're both uh, booking plane tickets tonight. We're going to be flying home tomorrow uh, to sort this thing out. Listen, don't do anything uh, until we get there. Well, the uh, father, the old man got off the phone. He turned to uh, his wife and he said, look, uh, our kids are, are coming home tomorrow and they're buying their own plane tickets. <laughs> you know, I don't know if uh, I advise you to, uh, to use that or not, but uh, it might possibly work. But you know what? When you think of your earthly home, you know, if, if, if you were to go out this afternoon, you'd probably at some time uh, this afternoon or tonight, you'd say, you know what, I, I, I need to get home. I mean, because there's no place like home. You want to get home. You want to rest. Some of the most intimate conversations that we ever have are at home. Some of the most stressful times that we ever have are at home. And, and, and those don't necessarily necessarily are bad things, but they can also be good things. But, but, but at home is where we handle life here upon this earth. I mean, if you go away, and, uh, I, I, I mean, you fly to another continent or you're, you're on vacation, what is it that you generally want to do? You can't, you can't wait to get home because, because there's something about home. I, 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 mean, I mean, you know where the soap dish is. I mean, I mean you know how the washer and dryer works. You, I, mean, I, I mean, there's just something that, that's familiar with the thing that we call home. Years ago, had you stood on the corner and you had watched uh, this particular funeral procession, you would have been extremely impressed because you would have been standing there with his head bowed and his hat removed and tears in his eyes, the president of the United States. And around him would have been the cabinet members and the officers and members of Congress and dignitaries from Berlin and London and Tokyo and Washington, D.C., 
And there was a tremendous crowd that was watching this casket. And it, it was draped in old glory as it went down the road uh, into this funeral procession. In fact, there was such dignity and awe and respect that had you not uh, seen it for yourself and seen the president standing over there, you would have thought it would have been the president uh, in that casket. Well, who was it? Who was this person who was being honored? Well, he never held an elected office. He wasn't a wealthy person. In fact, uh, I'll call his name in a moment, and some of us won't even recognize him. He got into government service, ended up overseas in Tripoli, and he died there in Tripoli. But he was so loved and so revered by the people of this country and by the people from all over the world that they disinterred his body there in Tripoli and brought him back to the United States to give him this magnificent processional. And his name was John Howard Payne. John Howard Payne. Now, do you know why he was so loved? Do you know what he was noted for? Do you know why he was so honored and revered at his death? He was all those things just simply because of one line that he wrote. And that one line was simply this. Mid pleasures and palaces, though oft I may roam, be it ever so humble, there is no place like home. Mid pleasures and palaces, though oft I may roam, be it ever so humble, there's no place like home. In Hebrews, we are told that Abraham was looking for a city which has these foundations, whose builder and maker was God. And just as Abraham was looking for that city, we, we ought to be looking for that city as well. This morning, I, I don't want to talk about your home here on the north side, or I don't want to talk about your home uh, on the south side. I, I, I don't want to talk about whether you live east of here, or whether you live west of here, or north of here, or, or south of here. This morning, I, I, I want to preach a message that God has laid on my heart. I, I don't care if you have a condo in Orlando, or, or some sort of an apartment in Naples. I, I don't care what your bank account says. I, I, I want to preach this morning on a different home. I, I, I don't want to necessarily talk about our earthly home, but I want to talk about a better place. I'm talking about an eternal place. I'm talking about our final resting place. Think about that. Whether you realize it or not, all of us have got a final resting place. And it's not going to be our earthly home, but it's going to be our spiritual home, which is in heaven, which is exactly what Abraham was talking about. I'm talking about a place that Abraham was looking for, a city which foundations, whose builder and maker is Almighty God. I'm talking about this place that you're not going to find presidents there, you're not going to find governors there, you're not going to find mayors there, you're not going to find Republicans there, you're not going to find Democrats there, there's going to be no elephants there, donkeys there, there's not going to be all of these different racial persuasions there, but in heaven, I mean, we are just going to be God's people and it is going to be our final dwelling place. And so this morning, I want to speak for a few moments with this seed in our thoughts that there's no place, there's no place like home. And this morning, I don't know where you've come from. I don't know where you've been. I don't know what you've done, but I want you to know the most important thing that you can ever do in life. I mean, if you never have any silver or you never have any gold, the Bible puts it like this. I mean, if a man was to gain the entire world and lose his own soul, what would it profit him? So I don't care how big your home is or how small your home is here upon this earth, but I want you to know that there's hope for an eternal home 
there's hope for a home that if we know Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, that is going to be our greatest home that we will ever experience. So let's stand this morning and read John 21. This is the inspired Word of God. In this Word is the power to change lives. John 21. Thank you, Jeff. Revelation 21. It is John that's writing it, okay? And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. There was no more sea. I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. God will wipe away all tears from their eyes. There will be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. And he that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idols and liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Let us pray. Father God, this morning we're thankful for your word. And Father, we know that it's concrete, authoritative, it's absolute. And Lord, for these next few moments of time, Lord, I pray that we would not hear a word about you. Lord, we don't need to hear words about you. Some of us have done been to church so many times that we've done heard so many words about you that, Lord, we've done grown stale in our faith. But, Lord, today we need to hear a word from you. Lord, cause me to decrease so that you can increase. That, Lord, that can happen. And, Lord, if there's somebody here today that's lost in need of you, that today could be a day of salvation. And it's in your powerful name we pray. Amen. Maybe seated. In this wonderful 21st chapter of Revelation, written by John, we see this fresh glimpse into glory. It's a fresh glimpse into our heavenly home. No book in the Bible talks more about heaven or tells us more about heaven than the book of Revelation. And as you study the book of Revelation, you, you find that there are constantly these shifting scenes. There's these shifting scenes, similar, similar to where we are today. We're, we're, we're living here upon earth, but we also, at times, our hearts and our minds are thinking about our final dwelling place in heaven. You see, in Revelation, one moment you're in heaven and the next moment you're upon the earth. In Revelation chapter 4, we're translated to heaven, but in Revelation chapter 6, we're, we're transported back to earth. 
In Revelation chapter 7, we're translated to heaven. And in Revelation chapter 8, we're transported back to earth. In Revelation chapter 12, we are translated to heaven. In chapter 13, we are transported back to earth. But you find that there's one major difference in the book of Revelation between heaven and earth. You see, heaven is going to be a place of worship. And today here upon this earth, we are living in a place of wrath. And heaven is going to be a place of joy. And this earth is a, is a place of judgment. Heaven is going to be this great place of celebration. And the earth is going to be, and we know it is, this place of condemnation. In heaven, the lamb is crowned, and on earth, the lamb is cursed. And heaven uh, is filled with the glory of God, but on earth, it's filled with the guilt of man. And before God pulls this curtain of time back, before the final chapter of uh, human history is written, before the last battle is fought, before the last trumpet is blown, before the last shot is fired, John gives us this look. He gives us this look into there's no place like home. He gives us this fresh vision to this no place like home theme. This morning, I want you to know just a few things in particular about heaven. Heaven, first of all, will be a real place and heaven will have real people. I love something that a man by the name of John Bradford said less than five minutes before his death. He wrote these glories of heaven that he anticipated. He said, I am assured that though I want here, I will have riches there. He said, though I hunger here, I will have fullness there. He said that though I faint here, I'm going to be refreshed there. Though I'm accounted as a dead man here, I shall live in perpetual glory there. Listen, friends, what we need to understand today is heaven is the city promised to the captives whom Christ shall make free. It is the kingdom that is assured to them whom Christ shall crown. There is light that will never go out. There is a health that will never be impaired. There is a glory that will never be defaced. There is a life that shall never taste death. And there is a place that passes all the world's imagination. The greatest thing that you could ever have here on earth is going to fare in comparison to what we are going to have one of these days when we breathe our last breath here and we breathe our first breath there. To be absent from the body is going to be to be present with Jesus Christ. Can you imagine what it's going to be like? across the river one day the one that owns the land on both sides of the river and we get up there to be with Jesus heaven is going to be a glorious place amen there's this world that is never going to decline there is every want supplied freely without money there's going to be no danger but happiness and honor and singing and praise and thanksgiving and to the Heavenly Jehovah, to him that sits upon the throne, to the lamb that here was led to the slaughter. Now he simply reigns on high. So heaven is going to be a real place with real people. It's also going to be a right place. It's going to be a righteousness place. It's going to be a rightness. All the wrongs of the world, they're going to be made right someday. It will be a place where everything evil will be absent. Everything good is going to be present. Everything sad is going to be gone. And only joy will exist. Everything disappointing will disappear. Everything exciting will appear. 
All those things that hateful will be gone and everything born of love will prevail. Every unfaithfulness will be in the past and steadfast loyalty will be in the present. Think about it. Sickness, gone. And the only success will just simply be to be with Jesus, worshiping him. The Bible tells us that he will wipe away all tears from their eyes. There will be no more death, mourning, or crying, or pain. For the older things will be passed away. Every wrong done to you in this world, one of these days is going to be made right. Every injustice will meet justice. Every sorrow will be reversed. And joy will wash over you like a waterfall. The prophet Isaiah wrote, Behold, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. So one of these days, we're going to understand that heaven is going to be a real place with real people. Heaven is going to be a right place where everything is right. How many of y'all looking forward to that? It even gets better, my friend. Heaven's going to be a relational place. The year was 1991, and Eric Clapton lost his five-year-old son, Connor. Can you imagine? I mean, 1991, it just seems like yesterday, but 1991, he lost his five-year-old son, Connor. And after he fell from that window of the 49th floor of a Manhattan apartment, Clapton poured out his grief in a song. And this is what he wrote. He wrote Tears in Heaven. And maybe more important than the title of that song was the question that he asked. He said, would you know my name if I saw you in heaven? Would it be the same if I saw you in heaven? And this morning, it's a question that all of us probably would like answered. Because all of us have got somebody that's gone on before us. And that dad wrote that song, and he wanted to know that if he passed his son on the street, would he know him? Would it, would it be the same? It's a very interesting question. It's a question that probably comes to, to, to all of our mind if we've ever thought about eternity. The truth is, I, I believe that heaven's going to be relational. And I believe that in somehow, some way, I believe to that question, uh, you can be assured that the truth is someday we're going to meet again. Those of us that have lost, those of us that have known those of us that know Christ personally, if you uh, belong to Christ, our relationships will not be lost. They will be regained. And I believe that they will be renewed. We will experience those relationships in heaven at a different level. We can never ever imagine or think of. They will be deeper, more rewarding. They will be a more fulfilling relationship which will be the hallmark of heaven. On earth, sometimes we let each other down and we go through a lot of things and we have to deal with the grief process and we have to deal with the tears. Now, some of you say, Pastor, are you making that up this morning? Don't give me no false hope. Well, let me just come and get you just, just for a moment. Many times we need to understand that the Bible lets us know some things that gives us insight to what the future is going to be like. 
And this is what it says. It says, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. That's 1 Corinthians 15. And then the apostle John writes, dear friends, now we are the children of God. And he says, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And then it tells us that our fallen and perfect nature will be healed and we will be capable of intimacy and relationships that we cannot ever imagine or think here and now. You see, our relationship with God will also be healed. No more will our love for God be compromised by selfish love, but it will be uh, an enchantment. It will be glorious. It will be uh, awesome. Our love for God and our relationship with him will be unspoiled. You know, friends, all I'm trying to describe to you today is there's no place like home. And one of these days, our sinful nature is going to be taken away. And we are no longer going to struggle with sin and temptation and our relationship with God will be so intimate that the book of Revelation describes it as a bride coming for a husband full of love and passion with arms open wide. And you know what? That's the best John could do. But I, I, I don't know that any of us here, most of us here have probably been married at some time or another. How, how many of y'all remember when your bride was coming up the aisle? Anticipation. Most of y'all didn't say it's going to be a bad day. No, no, no. You didn't, you didn't say that. You were eagerly looking forward to your bride getting up there on that altar. Friends, one of these days when God decides to have the angel blow the horn and we go to there, this no place like home, you need to understand that heaven is going to be right it's going to be full of real people. I believe that heaven is going to be relational. And heaven is also going to be very rewarding. Here's what I understand. And John's kind of in a difficult situation. Because John does the best he can at describing heaven. I don't ever want you to take revelation just at totality of what it was. Because I believe there's a whole lot more to the story, as Paul Harvey used to say. Because understand this, John is very limited by language. John is very limited by experience. And when he is seeing this vision, he has never seen anything like it. He's never dreamed anything like it. Just like the Bible says that mind has never ever imagined, ear has never heard, the eye has never seen the things that Christ has for us. And John, on this vision journey, he has never seen anything like this before. So he almost finds it impossible to fully depict what it is that he is witnessing in this vision. Yet he does his best he can. He talks about walls that are going to be made with translucent gold, built on foundations made with precious jewels, gates that are made with a single pearl and streets of gold. The richness of heaven is so great that they use gold as paving material. Can you imagine? Not concrete, not construction. Jewels are used for foundational stones. What a place this place is going to be. It is so rich and it is so real that the things of greatest value on the earth are just simply going to be very commonplace in heaven. 
It's so beautiful that he describes it with the best comparisons that he could ever make. Friends, you need to understand today that we need to know that God has in store for all of us that's ever bowed a knee here upon this earth and acknowledged that we were a sinner and accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. One of these days, there's going to be no place like home, no place like home. And it's going to be different than our earthly home here. Justice does not always happen in this world. This is not heaven. And we shouldn't expect it to. The counts are going to be settled. Our awards are going to be given in another place, in another time. That is what heaven's all about. It, it's really delayed gratification. But it's gratification all the same. But what I want you to understand about this is that when John's talking about all these things that are going to be commonplace in heaven, and he's looking at this vision, that friends, we can never imagine what it is that God has in store for us, and no matter what you've been through here in this life, no matter what you go through here in this life, you need to understand that if you are a child of God and you are connected to God, then you are an heir to the throne, and one of these days when you suck your last breath here, you're going to breathe the first breath up there, and it is going to be a glorious, glorious worship praise time. God has something great for us. Let me cut across the field and just end with this. Usually it's three points. Today it's five. <laughs> five points and three closes and we'll be done. Listen, heaven will be the residence of Almighty God. Listen, the greatest reward of heaven will just simply be God himself. Plus nothing, minus nothing. Praise God for the gates. Praise God for the streets of gold. Praise God for we're never going to get sick again. Praise God we're never going to need money again. Praise God for we're not going to need all the things that we need down here, but, but, but heaven, just God alone, plus nothing, minus nothing, the one that created us, the one that thought about us, before we were ever in our mother's womb, the one that gave us the DNA, the one that taught our hearts how to beat, the one that taught us how to have breath in our lungs, one of these days, plus nothing, minus nothing, God all by himself, we are going to see God face to face. What an awesome time. Paul wrote, now we see but a poor reflection as in the mirror. Then... We're going to see face to face. Now, I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. 1 Corinthians 13 and 12. How, how wonderful it will be to one of these days know this God and to see this God who created it all. John wrote there, I heard this loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with man. He will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. One of these days, one of these days, there will be no greater reward, no greater relationship than being able to be with our God. The one that stepped out of nothing and turned it into something. 
the one that hung all the stars that aren't even countable in this world, the one that got the sun up this morning, the one that taught the moon how to go down last, last night or come out last night, the one that taught the rivers how to babble, the one that gave us his only begotten son to walk the staircases of glory and come to this earth and die for mankind's sin. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. This morning, I want you to know that heaven is not some fictional story. It's not some fantasy. It's not just something we do every Sunday and meet. And it's just not something at the end of the road or at the end of the road. Heaven is our everything. Because friends, if you could have all the riches of this world that, they, that there is, in the end, that's just temporary. If you get 125 years here upon this earth, and I've said this many times, but listen, how many of y'all want to live to be 125? Wouldn't that be good, amen? I know, nobody wants to raise their hand, but <laughs> if you were 124 right now, you'd be wanting to get to 125, okay? <laughs> Because most of y'all know you ain't going to live that long. That's why you didn't raise your hand. But listen, compared to eternity, that will just be like one grain of sand on all the beaches in all the world. And what the Lord has in store for us, friends, we need to be longing, we need to be looking, and we need to be anticipating what God has for you and I when it comes to our eternal home. Know today that God loved us. This isn't plan B, C, or D, but it's plan A. And that God has set up a place for all. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, the whosoever, that's anybody, anybody, prostitutes, poor people, rich people, all people, that all we got to do is simply believe and accept him except this gift that he gave us. And friends, no matter what happens to us between here and then, and, and between now and then, understand this, that God has put a place in the sky for us. He's built a place with foundations, and he is the builder himself. And all you got to do is accept that gift. The most important decision you will ever make in this life. This is no this isn't no game. I, I, I know you as I do. I, I look at the computer a lot, and every day I'm, I see somebody pop up. 20-year-old, 40-year-old, 70-year-old, movie star, NFL player, NBA player, hockey player. I mean, every day people are stepping off this earth. And oftentimes, just for a moment, I think, I wonder if when they stepped off the earth, they had Jesus Christ in their heart. Because the only way to God is through Jesus Christ. And if you don't have a relationship with the Lord and you don't know him as your personal savior, then friends, all the living you did here, regardless of how good it was and regardless of how much you accumulated or how much you attained or whatever people thought about you, it won't matter. What matters more is what God thinks about you. And you better make sure that you have a relationship with the Lord. And I don't care if you're older or younger because there is truly no place there's no place like home. You know what? The older, and I'm young compared to most of y'all. I told y'all a couple weeks ago. 
I ran into this guy, and he hadn't seen me in 15 years, and he said, Preacher, you look so young. And uh, I still got that recorded, right? They don't like to acknowledge it, but that's okay. Hey, listen, all of us have got a day that's appointed. One of these days, we're going to stand before Jesus. And let me just tell you what, I'm from Kentucky. I know some of y'all hold that against me. But that's a little bit like Polk County. Listen, I don't know a whole lot. I'm not the most deepest. I'm not the most theological scholar, doctrinally scholar. But let me just tell you what this boy knows. I know, but I know, but I know, but I know. I know that I know Jesus. And one of these days, I'm going to see him face to face. And I don't fear it. And I don't have any doubts. Let's stand this morning. Let's pray.